guys, welcome to the Paddler's Playbook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Podcast Land. Thermal convection, man. These dudes almost killed me. You know, redfish are really dumb. How do you take your marsh dump? This fool used all my toilet paper. Bro, Well, now that Drew's done dragging this on. TPP 15. You gonna get a dozen shrimp? Hey, you throwing that cast net again this weekend? Oh, good lord. I almost died. I do not want to paddle that far. Once again, he almost died. I'm not waking up at the butt crack of dawn. I'll see you at the launch around noon. I love wake baits. Haven't you ever heard them chatter? Let me double back here for a second. And now, a word from Saltside Jet. Oh, yeah. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the paddle. Check out our What's up, Facebook? What's up, Man. Podcast Land? Who you got there over your shoulder, homie? I, I got Mr. Action Hill, Action Hat himself. Yeah, dude, I'm so full right now. Me and Rex you... just we put down about I don't know two Italian families worth of spaghetti. spicy spaghetti and some garlic bread, dude. Endless garlic bread. <laughs> Endless garlic bread at Casa de Turner. I do Olive Garden. I do spaghetti like once a month, and when I do, I just I gotta remember to keep it on the chill because if I don't, (laughs) I'm gonna be just miserable for like a day and a half. So I'm sure (laughs) y'all just killed it, but man, we went and had pasta like last week, and I'm telling you, Drew, I took my plate and I split it in half, and I said I can't touch that. (laughs) I can eat this, but not that. And because I already know, I already know, man, pasta is just an enemy of mine. So I don't even, I don't even mess with it too much. That's the old man in you. That's the old man. I guess, man, it's diabetes. (laughs) So Joey Gremlin said spaghetti sandwiches. We've talked about it on the podcast before, dude. Rex did, what'd you call it? Spaghetti pizza? Yeah, I just throw sauce on the garlic bread. Yeah, sauce on the garlic bread and threw That's how it, you do it down. But guys, we are uh, we decided to go live tonight, just kind of spontaneous. We, we mentioned it, but Chris never gave an answer. So we're going live tonight. We're going to talk about a little bit of night fishing. Some you and me going fishing in the dark. Well, we talked but, about it on our last podcast, man. We talked about how we needed to, uh, uh-oh. Drew, you disappeared on us. Um, we talked about how we needed to do an episode on night fishing and kind of discuss some of those things. So it's good that we can do it do it live. Um, and we had some time to actually get together and, and uh, jump on Facebook. Well, we got nine people right now. Woo-hoo! But, hey, while we're talking about this night fishing stuff, we got to remember, okay, that this stuff needs to be posted on the podcast. It needs to become a podcast. So, um don't forget that uh, there's going to be people listening rather than watching. So I know they love looking at your sexy face every single time we go live, but uh, for, for, all, for all the podcast listeners, I'm so sorry you can't see Drew right now. He's touching himself. <laughs> I'm stroking my beard. This is the longest. I'm trying to get in your beard length area there. This is the longest I've had my beard. 
I've actually Rex, where's your beard at, man? Uh, it's it's not it's not possible with genetics. <laughs> science says science no, says no I, beard. I can't. So I there's can't a there a dude, there are a lot of uh Filipino uh that live out here where I'm at now. A lot of them. Every time I go to tractor supply, there's like five in line. Um, are, you sure, are you sure they're not Cambodian? They, we kind of look alike. There's a lot of Cambodians in Alvin. Well, it's funny. They all say, um, everybody says, hello, Mr. De Guzman. And as they walk by. <laughs> but oh. uh, no, I, I, kinda, I guess y'all, y'all maybe, maybe I don't want to be that racist type that says y'all all look alike. <laughs> but, no, I mean, Cambodians and Filipinos, we can look alike. We're the dark, dark jungle Asians. Dark jungle Asians. <laughs> Well, I saw I saw he one the other that, day. Not me. He said that. He was trying. He was trying to grow a beard, and it it was it was thinner than Vincent Vos. Yeah, oh man. damn, <laughs> that's rough. It's, it's but genetics, it was bro. It was long. It was long, but man, it was like five hairs. <laughs> that's rough. Before we get this episode started, you know Rex is here. You guys know Rex. Rex has been on the podcast a few times. We have another, a newbie to the Padlish playbook waiting in the wings but i see another question from joey that i want to get to he wants to know when is the you might be a kayaker done guys july 1st is when that ends we are done on july 1st me and chris are gonna gonna pick the winners and then that episode will be coming out so get your you might be a yacker um Get your responses in on the Facebook page. I think there's about 50 of them right now. There should be a, over 100, though, yeah, to be there, honest. There's it's a been lot out there on for there. so long. Find the original post on the Paddler's Playbook Facebook page and put your comment there. The top three that we pick will receive an ugly tool, ugly stick prize pack. Um, there's some really, really, really cool tools in there and those knives man i don't know if you've been using the knives at all chris those some bitches are sharp like sharp 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 I and, use and stiff dude, dude I, I use just... the big boning knife the, the i mean not the boning knife but well yeah the big boning knife like the skinning knife that came with the set i used those to cut up chicken wings the other day and it was like butter and i'm talking about pre-cooked chicken wings like to separate the point or not the point but the drumstick from the flat, and it just choof, like butter through that thing, man. Those things. Hey, bro staff. With 4th of July around the corner, lots of us are making plans to get out on the water with family and friends. Whether that's fishing or just kicking back and having some fun. With that in mind, ACK wants to help you make the most out of your time on the water this 4th of July with their gear to celebrate. Shop kayaks, paddles, and all the accessories to make your 4th something to celebrate. While you're there, enter to win a KT kayak trailer from Boondocks worth $1,750 to haul it all away. Just go to austinkayak.com and add some sizzle to your celebration. Speaking of sizzle... You know the one thing you don't want sizzling this summer? Your scambro staff. All that time under that big ball of fire can take its toll, and experienced anglers know that sunscreen and good protective clothing are what keep you out there fishing and catching longer. That's why the pros go to realsportswear.com for all their performance fishing apparel. 
fear covered from head to toe in fishing clothing that is breathable, cooling, and comfortable, you could stay out from dusk till dawn and not have to worry about wind or sunburn. So take care of yourself this summer and every summer and get the gear that the guides wear at realsportswear.com. What could be the icing on this 4th of July summer fun help you celebrate getting your America on cake? Spider wire made for the patriotic angler. American Camo combines old glories red, white, and blue for optimal visibility in all water conditions. So fish confidently and show your patriotism on and off the water this 4th by spooling up with spider wire. That's it for me, bro staff. This is Saltside Jess, hoping you have an amazing summer. Today, we're going to talk a little night fishing. But we're not just going to talk green light night fishing down on the coast. We're going to talk about a little bass, a little hybrid, maybe talk about some piers, fishing some piers at night. And this is this is something completely new to me. So I, I can't wait to hear it because I've, I've asked before. And I have a friend that has a lake house on um, Houston County Lake, and he night fishes. And I'm like... I had no idea that that was a thing in freshwater. Yep. But to me and you, we have no experience doing it in freshwater. Rex, have you ever freshwater night fished? I mean, I've seen some green lights. You see catfish and stuff in it, but I never, I never really fished it. Me either. So let's bring on, let's bring on, he's going to be our freshwater, uh, our freshwater guru for this one. We got Mr. Tim Rodman from D&D Guide Services. What's up, What Tim? up, Tim? What's up, y'all? How's it going? Hey, somebody just farted. <laughs> well, I, I I brought Tim Tim on here, and actually I text Tim and said, "Hey, man, you want to come on the show?" He's like, "What are y'all going to talk about?" And I said, "We're going to talk about night fishing." And he said, "Well, we we better make it kind of quick because I'm going night fishing tonight." So he's actually <laughs> going to head out uh, yeah. on the yaks tonight as soon as we get done with this to try to get on some fish. Is that correct? Yeah. I'm going to take a little trip with a buddy tonight and see if we can't find some fish. Maybe we'll find some hybrids or something in the light. Now, is, is your reason for night fishing the same as our reason for night fishing? Uh, no, not always. It just depends. It just depends. Our, reason, our reason for night fishing is because we have less swamp ass fishing at night <laughs> than yeah. fishing during the heat of the day. Yeah. It definitely makes target practice a little easier, that's for sure, especially right now. Um, man, but uh, freshwater lights, I like it because it's close. I mean, it takes me two hours to get to the coast. I can only get down there a couple times a month. So. That's me, man. I am I'm right there with you on yeah. the uh, two hours because, I mean, you, you live like 30 minutes from us here, so you're actually you're going to be out on Lake Conroe chasing, chasing them in some green lights. But yep. Tim, let's talk a little bit about some of your, you know, what's your most memorable fishing memory or maybe your earliest fishing memory? Um, I'll go with the most memorable. Uh, it's actually just a few years ago, I think it was like 2017. Um, I don't know how many of y'all know about Sheldon uh, Reservoir down there by Houston, but uh, just one of those years, there was a few of us fishing it and uh, I broke my personal best. Uh, twice actually that summer and it was just I, I can't even describe how many big fish we caught it was uh, it was special out there that 
that summer is probably my best fishing memory ever. That was awesome. What was your personal best at the time? And is it still your uh, personal best? Uh, actually, the last one is. Yeah, I think my personal best is uh, like a seven something, a high seven, and then I caught uh, eight, and then I caught uh, two nines actually, a smaller nine, and then a nine two six. Yeah, and I've been stuck there ever since. Is there such thing as a small nine pounder though? Like you said, a smaller nine. God, Uh, what what is a small nine pounder? Skinnier nine, a summer nine. It was definitely hot by then. Hey, did our Facebook feed just get hacked? (laughs) I don't know. Somebody said hello on there. What the hell is that? (laughs) I don't know. Sorry, man. Didn't mean didn't mean to interrupt. But did you really say a smaller nine pounder? Is that yeah, that's skinny. like saying jumbo shrimp? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's bass in the summer. I mean, y'all know how this goes in the summer. They uh they get hot and they get a little skinnier and not quite as fat as they were. They just uh, you can catch some skinny ones every once in a while during the summer. Tim, I I will be honest with you. I know nothing about bass in the summer. <laughs> you don't know anything about bass in the mm-hmm. summer, the winter, the, winter, the spring. The spring. <laughs> yep. I don't. Um, you say you're 30 minutes from, from you know, launching your kayak to a lake or whatever from Lake Conroe. I'm 30 minutes to Freeport. So, yeah. you know, it's it's uh, yeah. it's the salt games, the salt life for me. Conroe's outside, yeah. right? Yeah. Right yeah. around the corner. Yeah. 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 Drew, Drew, like hops over his fence and he's like ah i'm in the water but i still don't even go i, I need to do it more often i need to and he can't really hop over his fence either so i can run through it i'll go through the fence <laughs> hey now, kool-aid i'm to the point where i'm not going i'm not going over anything i'll just either risk running through it or that's it like i'm done i'm not gonna do anything else now, tim <laughs> We ask this question to everyone that comes on the show, too. You know, what was your first kayak, and what, you know, kind of sparked the kayak fishing in the first place? Uh, well, I think my first one was my lifetime. Um, it was like a lifetime, I think it's a Tamarack 10. The, you could buy them at uh, the sporting goods stores. So that was my very that's first a, kayak. That's a lifetime? Uh, lifetime kayak, lifetime tamarack. Yeah, lifetime tamarack. I think is what it's called. Uh, yeah, that was my first one, and, and to be honest, Sheldon uh, was the place that inspired it. I came down here uh, to law school, and I was bank fishing out there, and saw a guy kayaking. And was talking to him for a while, and then um, I went and bought a kayak and met up with him again, and kind of how it kicked off for me. I was hooked ever since. How long did it take you till you upgraded from that lifetime kayak? Uh, actually, a couple of years. I was really busy, school and stuff like that. I wasn't uh, fishing nearly as much as I am now, that's for sure. How many DIY projects did you have on that Tamarack <laughs> before you traded up? Uh, I put some rails on there. I think I put a few ports on there. It was nothing special. It was. Uh, a thing would, if the wind's blowing five miles an hour, the thing would just start taking off. It was horrible. It was so bad. <laughs> I tell you what, man, one of the kings of DIY is, is on with us right now. Uh, Rex is uh, is known 
to to dabble in PVC. <laughs> yeah, man. No, night fishing. Night fishing had me rigging up all kinds of stuff, man. Like I had these uh those extendable paint poles. I put like a little PVC like T on there, and then I stuffed a spotlight. So I had all these like different lights rigged up, you know, for fishing the causeway at night. Yes, he looked like an aircraft carrier. Yeah, dude. Coming out. You were in that across the that, causeway. Uh, that Cajun, that what was it? The oh cage, yeah, the K two. <laughs> yeah, the no, K2. I built like a roll bar frame, uh, <laughs> and a, during the day it was like a, a a shade system that that like tilted and swiveled, and then I took the shade off at night, and then I put the spotlight on it. It not only tilted, <laughs> that thing not only like co- had a convertible top on it, but it like swiveled and everything. Yeah. Man. Yeah, you could tilt it. You could angle it based on however the sun's uh, sun's hitting you. I was a beast. I only wrote it. Only only used it once. I spent more time building it than actually using it. It's not. It's not practical. <laughs> not practical at all. No. Uh, no. Sometimes whenever we get into that DIY stuff, you know, to make our kayaks a little bit better, it it, it gets we our imaginations run away with us really quick. And yeah. uh, we get to creating things that, like you said, aren't practical in use. No. But it's fun as hell to get out there and chop some stuff up and put it together, piece it together and make yeah. something. So that tamarack, though, I kind of I know a lot of people that use them. Um, they end up either they get rid of them really fast or or they end up like the pelican uh, users, which they DIY the hell out of them in order to make them more um yeah you know, more user-friendly to that person, that, that individual. So that's why I asked you if you DIY'd the hell out of it. Yeah, um, I, I do think the Tamarack ends up being a little bit better kayak than some of those those uh, earlier Pelicans, though. Yeah. Hey, I we mean, have no clue what you said. You you cut in and out over here. I did? That's all right. I'm Bro, just I got act like I didn't hear it. I got like 50 gigawatts of uh, internet power here, so it's not me. It's you. How, how many you, gigawatts buddy. do you got? Like 50,000 gigawatts. 50,000 gigawatts? <laughs> yeah. Man, well, before before we get into the nitty-gritty on the night fishing, um, you guys see what I did there? Nitty-gritty fishing in the dark. Um, ACK's here. What's up, ACK? What's up, ACK? To Austin Canoe and Kayak, one of the sponsors of the show. Also, you know, Pure Fishing, Abu Garcia, Penn, Ugly Stick, Berkeley, um, Finley. Bait Butler. Yeah, Bait Butler. We want to give a shout out to the Bait Butler for sure. This is coming to you from the Bait Butler studio. And then Real Sportswear also. Thanks a lot for sticking with the show, guys. We are glad to have all those sponsors aboard. Um Chris Andrew just sent me a message. He said we have some new stuff that's going to be coming in the mail really, really soon. So I'm very excited Ooh, to get yeah. that real sportswear, that package. I actually wore my uh, I wore my upriver shirt today to work. Man, those things are nice enough to wear to work. Like they they really are. Those are some uh, nice shirts. If you guys have not checked out the real sportswear, you want to know what I wore to work today? Rivers. You're looking at it. That's exactly how I went to work today. You you went to work with the uh, Live Live yeah. Redfish 
Okalai, Alukai, whatever they call them. What the hell are these things called? Oh, oh. Those are flip-flops. Those are called flip-flops. <laughs> Olukai. Olukai. I feel like, I don't know. Chris, anyway. where do you want to get started, man? Where are we going to start this episode? Where, where should we start so, first? So, so I mentioned I mentioned earlier that the reason why I go night fishing and the reason why we started the conversation in our last podcast is because it's it's freaking heating up, man. It's getting hot out there, guys. And there's there are some ways for us to combat, uh, you know, dealing with the elements, whether it's wintertime, um, springtime winds, um, or or this the super hot you know sticky summertime um and one of those ways either you get your ass up super duper early in the morning and you fish you know the sunrise until about 10 11 o'clock and then you're done or you hit that nighttime fishing and one thing that we all learned um i don't know i want to say probably 10 years ago um is that the nighttime fishing can be fire it can be absolute fire, especially if you're going for like quick limits and you can hit it just right where like you have a tidal coefficient that's just ripping fish through an area. You can limit out in about a half hour, go home and, and fillet some fish for tomorrow. Um, but a lot of these folks that are listening, they don't necessarily know how to get started night fishing. What kind of gear do you need? You know, is their kayak actually night fishing worthy? Because I'm not going to take just anything out night fishing, okay? Your your uh, element of um, safety is is compounded, right? Um, it's it's a little less safe fishing at night. Would you agree with me? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so you definitely do not. I, I I don't think you should ever go night fishing by yourself. Don't go by yourself, okay? That's that's one right there, but. Um, just getting your gear right and then picking your spots, you know, um, where you're going to hit up because you don't want to just go. You can't go fishing in total darkness. If ACK is still on, that might be Carlos. I don't know. But Carlos and I have sat out in marshes in complete darkness and caught fish. Um, now, you kind of you got to be like freaking fishing Jedis to do that kind of shit. But it's me and possible. Carlos, <laughs> me and Carlos actually <laughs> went out night fishing at a. Uh... We had a huge like blackout, so we were we were out there and like the lights cut out out of the whole neighborhood, so we were pitch dark. And did y'all still catch some fish? Oh yeah, we caught plenty of fish. Yeah, so they're they're still there. You just gotta <laughs> you gotta know how to hit them up. But the lights make it so much easier. And I've got a lot of opinions on this, but um, why don't we hit up Tim and ask him about you know how he gears up because he he's gonna get geared up here in just a little bit. And, and hit the lights. Um, so, Tim, what what do you do to get started? Uh, I mean, I, I don't change it up much from the same that the saltwater guys do. You know, I go down there a couple times a month with Michael and Desmond. And, you know, to me, my most important uh, asset for nighttime fishing is my uh, fan light. I'm sure you all know about fan light. Uh, those things are For the, use, for the listeners... But, for the listeners out there, tell them what a fam light is. Where the <laughs> where do you get a fam light? They're not one of our sponsors, but we want our listeners to know about good gear. So the yeah. fam light is something that's unique. It's you don't find it on the shelf at Walmart. Yeah. So go yeah. ahead and tell them. 
it's definitely a, a small business type of thing. Uh, David Pham, uh, from Dirty South, uh, kayak anglers, they, uh, he makes a great light that is, I'd say, it's at least three times brighter than your average 360 light. Um, it's so bright that, I mean, I, I use it just with that light. I don't have to have a headlamp. I can tie, I can do whatever I need to do. Um, but he makes it personally. Uh, so you, a lot of us use. you use this light as a 360 light and as ambient light. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's bright. <laughs> it, it is bright. It lights up everything around it for sure. Where do these guys check these out? They check them out on Facebook or uh, Instagram? Yeah. Uh, if you look up DSKA, Dirty South Kayak Angler, it's a group. You'll see, you'll see it in there. Or his name is David Fan. You can find him on Facebook. It's, uh, mm-hmm. He makes it personally for you. I mean, you're dealing with him. It's, it's uh, pretty nice. So, it's guys, these are, these are LED lights, and they're, they're rechargeable? Yep. Yeah, he makes it with a battery pack. Uh, mine, I just, <laughs> I just cut it off and just wired it in the kayak. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's hardwired in there, uh, so I can just use it or put it down. But to me, that's the most important because, like I was saying, it's a little more dangerous. Uh, and on freshwater, it, there's a lot of boats that are running freshwater, and there's not as many lights, so everybody's kind of competing for the same lights. So, so like Rex, I so, uh, those guys uh, pop up on you out of nowhere. Rex, I was about to ask you a question, man. So no, I, I know you're about no. to tell us wh- what light you like to use, but be honest, man. The first time you went night fishing, was it just like, was it the Sunny D light? <laughs> no, I had to, no, I had the spotlight. I had the spotlight, but it wasn't a 360 light. Oh, you Lord. Know, you, like, took like a, you took like the whole like <laughs> 1,000 candle, candle yeah, yeah, light one power of those, spotlight? One of those Holy ones with shit. the triggers. Dude, when we first started night yeah. fishing and stuff, Rex's kayak literally looked like an aircraft carrier. I, yeah, I like, remember, I, I'm man. not joking. I would just, like, this is, I would this just creep is legit. In. No, I mean, but the 360 lights are, are important also for being, uh, obviously being visible with the boats and stuff. But I I, I like to, like, make, like, in the canals, I like to make my presence known. That way people don't think I'm, like, some sketchy dude, like, creeping around the paddles, like, looking to hop on their pier and, like, jack their stuff, like... I'm not, I'm so visible, like, I'm not a threat, like, I'm right. obviously not being, like, Navy SEALs creeping around the canals trying to jack Yeah, them. if you're going in there blacked out, man, they're gonna, they're gonna definitely yeah, think sketchy. something's up. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Vincent had a, a good thing here. David Pham, P-H-A-M, for Pham Lights. P-H-A-M, if you guys want to look that up on Facebook. Yeah. Um, so... Terrell McGuire says it's required for TPWD. So this is this is something that is is a constant controversy. Okay, is a 360 light required? Um, if you are if you are studying for your captain's license, you will find out that a 360 light is not required for a craft under seven meters. The only thing that is required is a lantern operable by the or operational by the the person that is in the boat whether it be the person steering or the person or a secondary person inside the boat but a 360 light is not required however most people will agree it is probably the safest option for you 
And oh, I yeah. think you're playing semantics a little bit there, Chris, because a lantern is a 360 light. Like, Bro. By, by definition, a lantern is 360 around. And it's got I'm be... sorry. I'm sorry. Not lantern. They call it a torch. I will find the specific verbiage for you, but it is. You a sent torch. it to me in the text messages. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember this conversation a while back. Well, because um, because remember whenever they had that nighttime series called the Nighttime Predators or something like that. Um, it was a nighttime uh, fishing series. tournament. Yeah. yeah. And and everybody was like just you know tripping on whether or not you should have a 360 light. And not only that, but any tournament anglers out there know that. Um, when you're reading your rules for a tournament, it will it will call out you know what type of lighting is required, and they will say um, coast guard appropriate coast guard lighting because they don't want to get into <laughs> the details of, mm-hmm. of who says what's required and how. You've got to go look that up yourself. Um, now they said TPWD. If we got somebody from TPWD that can get on here and correct us and tell us that a 360 is required. I'm all for it, man. Uh, what's his name? Matt Murphy has got somebody coming up on Tackle Tuesday. Wait, that was that was two days ago. <laughs> Can we go I back think, in time and ask? I think him? it's I think that... it's for next week's show. Next week, okay. Yeah. You know, maybe we maybe we should ask him then. You know, uh, but who trumps who? Also, who trumps who? Right? Who's who's? Uh, is it the Coast Guard or is it TPWD? I know the TPWD has uh, jurisdiction over state troopers so i think it's just an excellent idea to have a 360 light go out on your kayak at night so it it may not be required by law but it is something that should be required by common sense what about red and green lights austin matthews asked if they need red or green lights if you are powered if you are not human powered but what they consider motored you do require a red and green light so if you have to get um, uh, numbers for your kayak, I believe you have to have a red and green light, man. I won't have to worry about that ever. Oh, we lost Tim. He'll hop back on there. I bet his phone died. But hey, There he is. He's back. Oh, he's back already. There he is. Sorry. There you go. Sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. It just disappeared on me. So we we talked about the 360 light. You talked about not using a headlamp. Um, I like to take a headlamp with me, but in a little bit we're going to talk about etiquette, so I'm not going to say too, too much about the headlamp right now. But let's get into some actual fishing here. Chris, was there anything else that you wanted to make sure that you talked about having? I mean, obviously have your... Cold yeah. beer, baby. Have have your life jacket on whenever yeah, your you're PFP. going at night, just in case you know yeah. those Always. those canals. Well, aren't anytime you hit the water, the you should have Always. should have uh, a PFD on. Especially yeah. night fishing, though. Like I I don't know what it is about night fishing. I'm extra safe whenever I go night fishing. But it, it's yeah. been a while, man. My body can't take staying up till three, four in the morning, and then having a good week the next week like i can't do it no more yeah your next day shot yeah i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to get with tim and do some night fishing up here where i don't have to drive drive as far i used to think whenever me and rex first met i'm like man 
we, we got a lot going on. We got a good connection here. And then I finally figured it out. What it was was he didn't like to drive home, and I didn't mind driving there and home, and he would sleep the whole time. So I was like his taxi. So no, I think man, that's what that, it was. That's, like, that's not how we, we weren't down. cool. I was the taxi. <laughs> this guy wouldn't let me sleep. He's like, I'm not. I'm not driving you. He's like, you got to stay awake. That was after about four or five trips. And we were coming home one day and he was, I was about to fall asleep and he was sleeping and I rolled the windows down. I like turned yeah, yeah. up UGK as loud as yeah, it no would sleep. go. And I'm like, no bro, sleep. you got to stay awake. Cause I need to stay awake or we're not going to make it back to the row. I had to tell him <laughs> I got sleep apnea. Like I'm partly narcoleptic. Like, I got, like if it gets too quiet, I'm out. What? Oh man, those are some fun times. That was what, like ten years ago? Yeah, no, back in the day, like I used to get so excited to go kayak fishing in the morning, I would I would just leave at like two a.m. and then like just start start my kayak fishing trip like at two a.m. do some night fishing, roll into the morning, and then call it a day around ten, and then like you got to pull over at Home Depot or somewhere to to fall asleep because like you can't make it all the way home. That's how hard we used to go back, back in the day. That's those the the Chris. That's those uh, the Filipinos in Home Depot at you know and Alvin. <laughs> they're really just coming back from fishing. It's true. That's what they're doing? True. They're just coming back from night fishing. <laughs> now, so is there anything else that you guys can think of that you really need to have on your kayak at night, uh, whenever you go? That's different than the stuff that you have during the day. Somebody yes. mentioned an air horn, you know, you, you should got have yeah. your whistle. You just like whistle. we exactly, just like we talked about in the last episode, how we needed to have some sort of emergency communication device, whether it's um, a light that you can flash SOS or a whistle um, that is is loud and obnoxious because you want somebody to say, "What the hell is that?" Um, you know, you don't want something that's just like. <laughs> hey, I'm here. Help me. Help me. No, you need something that's like, Yo, motherfucker! Oh, <laughs> Come help my ass! Dude, um, you, just, you just killed every speaker in somebody's truck that's listening to this this podcast. You just, you, you killed it all. Oh, my wife just ro- rolled in. She was like, what the hell? What? Who is Chris yelling at? Oh, man. This house, but guys, this house is empty, man. So, like, if you look around, it's just busted as empty. So everything's going to be really loud. And I apologize. Not really. I don't care. Um, but now, Wasn't Chris the one that just gave everybody like a, a, a briefing before we started about not just showing stuff because this is going to be an audio version and everything? Yeah. And then yeah. he's the first one that's for like, those, hey, look at my empty house, guys, everybody. For those, <laughs> for those guys that, that can see, um, you know, there are a couple of people that I've fished with at night that have gotten lost um, at night. They don't know where they ended up or how to get back to where they came from. So I'm going to say um, if you're not, you know, and Drew, this was one night whenever I was out with you too, um, and Colin got lost, and he ended up spending the night in the marsh. <laughs> um, no, you need to have <laughs> – you need to have a GPS, man. You need to have oh, some weird. sort, some way to to chart your way back to where you came from, because it's not like you can just stand up in your kayak and go, "Oh, I came from over there." 
you know. Use your phone. Um, yeah, GPS on your phone, um, but more reliable, even more reliable is just an inexpensive Lawrence unit or something like that that has an internal GPS and doesn't require yeah. triangulation yeah. to to work. That marine radio to call your buddy. So the Navionics app on your phone will download stuff. Man, I always bring a power bank and a and a phone charger. Because, like, that's the worst thing when your phone goes out. Like, you lose yeah. GPS, you lose all contact with everybody. Like, that's something I always bring on my kayak all the time. So, I does every a lot of people that. are saying your phone, your phone, your phone. So, um, do does anybody ever have problems with their GPS on their phones? Mm. I don't know. A lot, of times, a lot of times, the, the phones don't have an actual GPS chip in them. I know that that technology has gotten a little less expensive these days, but before it used to rely on triangulation based off of your cell phone signal. But anyway, some way to be able to navigate your ass back to where you came from is very important. That way you don't spend the night in the marsh getting <laughs> ate up by some mosquitoes and <laughs> curling up in a ball crying for your mom. Oh, well, I guess that's a must too. Some mosquito spray. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. buck spray. Yeah, I, don't, I don't have to take sunscreen, although I, I, you know, I'm so white I get moon burnt sometimes. But the mosquito <laughs> spray, that's that's for real. And I don't know about y'all, but I, I got some 99% deep mosquito spray in there. Like I may have cancer, but I ain't getting bit by mosquitoes. Like I, who, I use that who, stuff all the time. Who is this person that's just typing mos that Facebook user? Do you see that? It's just someone who has not allowed StreamYard on their Facebook feed, so it just says okay. Facebook user. So if you if you're popping up and it says Facebook user, you need we don't to know allow who you are. StreamYard. We we don't know who you are. Put your put your name behind it, uh, your comment or something, so we can yeah mosquito tell, repellent tell who dash is. whoever. Yep. Okay. So Pressing we got bug on, spray. Sorry. We got our light. We got uh, some form of signaling. We've got what else do we have? We've Can't got forget our PFD. about water. Yep. We we you need some kind of water or as Chris likes to say, you know, he he likes to have a few beers whenever he's night fishing. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now let's get more into like lure selection. For me, I'm always downsizing everything whenever I go to fish the lights and fish at night. It's true. What like Rex, what is the the largest lure that you're throwing at night? Like you throwing a uh, four inch topwater? Like what it what what are you no, throwing? I mean, the, the biggest bait I'll have on is like a gulp swimming mullet. Curl tail swimming mullet. That's my biggest one. That's that's like my redfish bait. But then everything else is like tandems like crappie size bait like two inches you know yeah. so um like the was it the the power baits mm -hmm. you got the two inch uh swim shads the pre-rigged ones those are solid i mean literally any crappie size bait like i was telling you earlier uh when i got into night fishing it was on san luis pier and uh i walked up to this old salt man he's just sitting on a bucket just tearing up the trout and I'm like, what, what are you catching them on? And he just he's busts out some mini bass assassins, like black and white crappie bait set up on tandem, just wearing them out. You know, and he says, like, 
you know the bigger ones a little bit deeper you could just you know just put a little split shot on there if you want to get it down deeper past the the dinks and uh man i i went back to that pier every time with that rig set up and just Yo, always set up the trout was that catfishing towards the t-head or more towards the shore it's kind of more towards the middle but not like everybody always thinks when they go out to the pier oh i gotta go out to that t-head that's where the fish are gonna be at but i always find no. them to be either midway or closer towards the shore yeah well basically on the pier you just kind of just like we do in kayaks, you just go from light to light. You're just always looking for where they're at and where they're popping. And it changes from night to night, too. So, yeah. Now, on the freshwater side, are you downsizing a lot of your stuff? And what are some of your favorite baits you know, for bass and, and hybrids and stuff at night, Tim? Uh, actually, yeah, we downsize a lot on the freshwater, too. Uh, uh, I'm using the same thing as you know rex is talking about little crappie bait um you know exxon has a glow grub that they make that's a little three incher that's real good that i use um but I, I mean i'm using tiny little jig heads too i mean just enough to get it all the way to the bottom if i need to or something i can keep it up and, and i just use something that glows usually uh, but yeah even jigs like at night you can fish little micro jigs and they do pretty well now, let me ask a follow-up question. Rex mentioned the guy said you need to, you know, put a little more weight on there to get down past the dinks, you know, the smaller trout and stuff. You, mm -hmm. you can you can catch bigger trout and redfish, you know, higher up in the water column, fishing the lights. But generally the larger fish are going to be a little bit deeper. They're going to be more on the edge of the lights. and Further stuff. away from the middle of the light. Further away from the middle of the night. And I think that's something that we'll, we'll talk about a little bit in a little bit when we talk about etiquette and tactics and stuff. But, Tim, is it the same kind of thing whenever you're fishing the lights for fresh water where, you know, the top of the water column sometimes has the smaller fish and the bigger fish are are look lurking a little deeper um i compare it to redfish honestly the, the bass remind me of redfish they don't spook quite as easy but if you find a school of them on like a green dot the big ones a lot of times you can catch big ones up top right but if you're not seeing them up in the top of the lights then yeah um i'll i will slow roll a little roadrunner head Base. I will just cast it as far as I can and let it sink to the bottom and just slow roll it, pop it, and go off. And that's generally where most of the bigger bites come from. If now, I can't with, see it. now, with the hybrids, though, are are they mostly the same size when they're in the lights? Or are you seeing some larger fish and smaller yeah. fish, or are they schooled up, you know, same size? Yeah, the, the hybrids are definitely bigger. You can, they look more like redfish, to be honest with you. Um, and they uh, they kind of run in packs, I guess is the best way to put it. Little wolf packs. You'll, you'll see them run through the lights and chase bait, but they won't swirl in the light like a bass will, right? But you'll see them. Man, they're a heck of a lot bigger. And, and <laughs> they're pretty awesome. So, so you're saying that they're, they're just kind of more cruising through the lights, where when bass are in those lights, they're – they're coming up and, and popping, swirling around like they're they're yeah. causing 
they're causing a little bit of a ruckus in the lights. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see them, especially if the bass are at the top of the light and, like, really feeding good. They're making a lot of noise, just like redfish. Um, but, yeah, the hybrids, you'll see them cruise through two, three, four at a time. They'll come through and feed, and you'll see them come back through and feed. You know, they're, they're, they're just different. They don't sit in the lights like the bass. I think that's interesting, man, because it's the same exact thing as with saltwater. Mm-hmm. Because, like, every light, just, like, they're either not there or you're slow rolling them just to see if they're hanging around, kind of waiting for yep. something to come through the light. Sometimes you'll roll up on a light where just the reds are just going nuts, and you could hear them down the canal. It's and like a keep... circle just swirling <laughs> yeah, around. just swirling. So yep. it, is, it is interesting because, like, it is the exact same thing. I mean, I think the real allure of, like, green light night fishing is that it is sight fishing it's a hundred percent sight fishing and yep. you could you know even though they're not there you know you could make some blind cast but uh, me i'm always jumping from light to light keeping it moving trying to see if, if i see something in there yeah and we we have a few people that have commented this um it's it's kind of a given that's one of the reasons why we said don't go by yourself um, we've got a lot of people in the comments saying, make sure you let someone know what your plan is just in case uh, something goes wrong. Tell your significant other where you're going. You know, tell your mama and let her know. Um, I know there's been a couple instances where on the on the groups, someone's like, hey, have has anyone seen so-and-so? They went fishing by themselves last night and we haven't heard from them. And usually when you're night fishing, you come home and you're out. So nobody can get a hold of yeah, you. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's scared. Like, what, hap- what happened to so-and-so? So, and you're like, I'm turning that damn phone off, too. Exactly. <laughs> it's not going to bother me. You're ready for bed and you're zonked out. But that that is definitely something that you should do every time is let somebody know where you're going, how late you plan on staying out. Um, you know, just give them some kind of a, a time window and uh, who you're going with and things like that. Yeah, you guys were talking about um, the habits between bass and and redfish and how they feed during the lights. And then you've got a couple. Uh, I think it, you have Vincent Bow here asking about you know bass being in in one place during pitch darkness or whatever. And then can you find them in the same place during the day? I was going to mention this earlier, and especially after Rex said what he did. I think that a lot of times feeding habits are um, are learned and that particular fish or that group of fish, that school of fish, those fish that do that type of feeding are always together in those areas. For instance, fish that, that feed off of uh, riprap, although currents carry them in and out from different places, they'll probably go back to the riprap whenever you know they they because that's what they've learned that's where they grew up that's their hood um that's how they they do it these fish that feed in the lights i can't help but wonder if they're constantly rotating through certain areas just to feed at night because that's what they've learned i mean let's face it most of uh the habits of a, of a fish are instinctual right it's and it's things that they learned um, whether it was their mama that dropped them off <laughs> in the school or whatever. Um, so 
would they would they necessarily bite the same during the day, even though they're in that same area? I don't think that they would. But Tim, maybe you would tell Vincent Bo differently. Well, I think freshwater is different for one reason. Um, it's the amount of space that the fish have to move, right? So if you think about saltwater and coastal fishing, you've got water everywhere, right? And Lake Conroe down here, you're real limited on the amount of water that you have. You have your each individual creek arms and stuff, but it never really changes that much, right? Um, and I feel like these fish will travel, travel greater distances, um, but I, I kind of break it down by creek arm. Uh, but in fresh water, there's less light. It, it's a big deal, I think. Um, salt water, you can go down a canal and find a gazillion lights. You can keep going down in fresh water. There's a light here. There's a light there. You know, a lot of times you'll find some rock piles by these lights and things like that. You know, they're out off a point, off a dock or something. It's just different because it's reservoir fishing. So I've actually gone back to some of these spots, some of these rock piles by these lights, and, I, and I've caught fish during the day too. Um, I think it really is just a, a size and area thing. They don't have as much room to rub around. Uh, you know, so they stick to the same kind, like you're talking about. If they have less structure to stick to, that's just kind of what they know. Um, and so if there's anything different, like a light or a pile out there, they actually do hang on that during the day. Because put it put things into perspective, Rex. How many times do you think you you would see people cruising up and down canals during the day to catch fish? Oh, uh, never. 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 Yeah. There's so there's so yeah. many other places to go fish. But Tim yeah. and then Chris, I want to ask you the same question. You said you think that the fish travel a little more in the reservoirs. Um, how far do you think they're traveling? Like. How much travel do we, we think these fish are really moving uh, in these reservoirs? You know, you're talking about the rock piles and the docks. I mean, are you talking about a mile? Are you talking about a 500-yard expansion of deep water to the docks where, where the lights were? Yeah, um, I, I really gauge it by creek arm, right? So Lake Conroe's not huge, right? And you look at it and I say the fish will roam maybe two to three creek arms worth of worth of distance on a reservoir like Conroe, right? Uh, they, they generally, I don't think they go much farther than that because if you if you look at most reservoirs, things kind of change uh, by, based upon creek arm. Um, you know, and you look at big ones like Sam Rayburn and things like that, the lake's totally different on either end of the lake, and it's huge. You know, and those fish definitely don't travel that um, so I think it really, you just gauge it by the size of the reservoir. Um, that's how it's just different from saltwater. They don't have all that space to really get back in there and move around. And, and those creek arms are miles apart. Yeah, sometimes they are. Sometimes they're right there. Yeah. Like on Conroe, they're all right there by each other. You know? Yeah. There's not much to You know, Tim, like, I think what, what Vincent is asking, and that's what I'm also curious about, like, you know, let's say you're fishing a, um, some docks. Um, and one dock has a green light, and then there's several docks with no lights. Are you still fishing those docks, like at at night, or are you just focusing on the green on the lights? Like, are they still holding to uh, that, that structure? You know. Yeah, I mean, you'll definitely find fish off the lights, right? Um, you know, if I hear a, a blow up, you know, during the shad spawn here, 
you know, you know when the shatter spawn is. It's a great time to go night fishing because um, they're popping all over the top of the water. And you can hear fish boiling up over in the dark. You yeah. usually get them. Um, but no, at night, I'm either targeting lights or targeting just the natural dock lights. Um, you know, the yellow dock lights that people have, things like that. It's more target specific for me at okay. night. Because so. one time I went to Louisiana and we're, you know, Louisiana doesn't have much green lights, underwater green lights. It's all like overhead lights. So I yeah. would just sit sitting there like wearing out the sand trout. And my buddy, trout. <laughs> my buddy who's like, uh, who's doesn't care about sand trout. He just like wandered down and was just fishing popping cork between the docks, like unlit and was like picking up reds. So I was like, okay, well that, that strategy works. <laughs> Poppy Gorks yeah. work all, all day long, all night, all day. You yeah. know, I was just thinking whenever Drew asked what kind of gear are we bringing out, I'm like, don't bring a popping cork. <laughs> no, I wouldn't throw it in the light. Not but... in the actual light. Like, you don't want it I... for the actual light. But if Well, most most of there. these people are fishing around lights at night. Yeah. I, would, I would hazard a guess that 99% of the people that are going to listen to this episode want to know some tactics around, about fishing around lights at night. Um, yeah. And and my first thing would be like, don't bring a popper cork. But anyway, that's no. that's later uh-huh. on in the segment. Don't yeah. count that out. We saw a guy tearing it up in Jamaica Beach one night with a popping cork in the light. It was only really? killing. Yeah, in the actual light. Murdered. Yeah, he throw it just on the other side. You know, on the the darkness, he would just bring that popping cork through there and just catch a trout. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Now, Chris, I'm gonna ask you the same question I asked Tim. How far do you think those trout and those reds are traveling? Like, you know, a popular place down here is Tiki Island. Um, so we we probably know that a, that many trout aren't just chilling in the canals at, in, in Tiki Island during the day. How far do you think those fish are coming in from to feed at night in those lights? How far do you think they're moving? And this is all conjecture because we have, yeah. I mean, there's well, no studies that have been do, done. but We do have some studies. We do have some uh, scientific evidence that shows, you know, fish do travel. Um, but we also have scientific evidence that say fish don't travel, right? It's inconclusive. Sometimes they track fish that make it from Galveston all the way to Corpus Christi. And sometimes they track fish that don't ever leave one single marsh system. Um, But night fishing, in my mind, always your good nights stem around your tidal coefficient, okay? And what that means for people that don't know is that is the rate at which water is leaving or returning to the bay system. And I believe that bait will get moved I mean, big time by the tidal coefficient. If the tidal coefficient is around like 1.2 to 1.3 miles an hour, it's going to be really hard for a lot of kayakers to sustain um, uh, fishing in in a tidal coefficient that high uh, where when you're in an area where the water moves. Like, um, okay, you mentioned Tiki. There is a, a bridge there that goes that takes you into Tiki. Mm-hmm. If you fish under that bridge during a 1.2 or 1.3 mile an hour tidal coefficient, you're going to catch one fish and then you're going to get sucked out. Then you're going to have to paddle all the way back. Then you're going to catch one fish and you're going to get sucked out. But what's that? What that is doing in my mind is, in my opinion, 
is it's taking all that bait. The bait can't fight it. So the bait is getting pulled out. Trout and redfish find themselves nice little nooks, little crannies that they can wedge themselves into and get protected from that moving water. And then they ambush bait as it comes through. Um, the canals aren't necessarily that same way, right? You kind of get protected from that tidal coefficient. But you still have a lot of moving bait whenever, whenever that water is moving that fast. If you have a night where the tidal coefficient is like 0.3 miles an hour, good luck. I mean, it's still going to be a nice night. It's still going to be fun to get out and uh, and paddle around, drink a few beers and bullshit with your buddies. Um, and you'll probably catch a few. This is where you'll probably need that rolling technique on the bottom. Um, they won't be as active. But the fish don't necessarily – the fish that you're trying to catch aren't the ones that are moving. It's the bait that's being moved. Um, so those trout are probably there um, during the day. Maybe not in the lights. They're probably off on, in a little bit, um, maybe off of some reefs, um, you know, out in the middle of the bays, some cuts, things like that. Uh, I mean, let's face it, fish feed all day long. They don't need lights to eat. Um, but it makes here, it here's, easy for them, though. It well, here's it why it makes it easy. The bait. And here's my, here's my opinion why it makes it easy. Those lights attract bugs. Bugs attract um, bait and bait attract predators right yeah i think it's it's also like just the little plankton so it's like the whole food chain is that like too popping yeah off, popping off right at the these green lights so green lights Absolutely. is this, is a structure i mean that's like kind of the bait the mm -hmm. the basis Bingo. of it it's like being off because during the day they're out there off of that that reef yep. off of that structure um they're not in those lights right that's their hunting that they've learned through their instincts or their mama teaching <laughs> yeah i've noticed that too like you know i'm sure it's the same with you tim like in connor like certain certain lights you know are always popping for some reason uh, obviously it's not tidal <laughs> where you're at but you know some of these openings like in a seal where it opens up opens up to the main bay you know where you're getting a lot more current love that um, spot man if that current uh you're talking about margaritaville <laughs> I don't know, but there's another one at like Lake Como, like some of those spots where the the water can really move. Like sometimes you'll roll by there, man, and it's just like on fire. And again, yeah. it's it's just this magic, uh, magic balance of the right the right tide movement where it's not too strong, it's not too tough, but the bait's moving through there, and and as the bait passes through the light like that they're just keying in on them and then that's i think that's what creates that whole frenzy let me ask you this question and i know you've been there before rex but um and and tim you don't have to deal with tidal coefficients all that much although y'all have some some water that moves through those creeks and such but have you ever been like in an area where it's just it's exploding man You've got sand trout, you've got speckled trout, you've got croaker, you've got redfish, and they're just all popping on the surface. They're swirling around, and then all of a sudden, the tide stops, and so do the fish, man. It's like it's like yeah. everybody went to sleep, bro. Turned what off. happened? It, off <laughs> it just, just turned, like that. turned off like that, man. Exactly. Vincent says, "Stop naming places, bro." 
No, I'm just saying. <laughs> There's not like, that many places like, tell to night fish Me and Drew anymore, had this long yeah. conversation about this. There's only like f- a f- a five five neighborhoods you could fish in Galveston area. <laughs> I mean, it's no secret. Yeah. Now the yeah. launch, right. the launch spots is that's what's kind of tough, and that's always like evolving, and that's where the whole thing of etiquette comes comes in, is because like if if we're assholes out there to the to the residents, like our access you... our access to those spots, like. You got to find some long ass way to get to get to those. You're gonna get R U N N O F T. You're gonna get yep. run off. That that's a perfect segue. I know we're we're kind of jumping around here, but there's so much to talk about w- with this episode. Let's talk a little bit about etiquette, which I think is gonna lead into some talk about different tactics and things. Yeah. Now the number one rule I would say is do not fish lights that someone else is already fishing, especially the people who own the house (laughs) and the dock and that are living there and they are currently on their back porch. Even if they're drinking a beer and soaking bait on the bottom, do not fish their lights. Give them a wide berth too. Yes. Far, far away. A lot of times, man, I'll just skip that canal. And I'll just, yeah. I'll say, I'll come back there in an hour because they'll probably be like passed out or asleep by then. I mean, even just like, you know, they're, they're, even if they're soaking bait right there, you have to kind of cross out. Those canals are, are thin. Yep. They're not like very, they're pretty narrow. So you're going to be like rolling over their fish. Um, that's, that's the key thing, man. Like, just, if you can just skip that canal that people are fishing, mm-hmm. like, and then having a good time, you don't want to be that guy that's like, that they're gonna blame for ruining their fishing night. So you know? you know, you know, most most people are are not inherently assholes, right? I mean, you just don't know. Most people, you, most, you, people. most people. So I I would hazard a guess, Rex, that when you encounter someone in a canal, most of the time they're like, "Hey, buddy, how are you? How are, how's the fishing going tonight? You know, yeah. sure is nice out tonight. You know, things like that." So if you're already fishing an area and they come out to fish their dock, a lot of times they'll be like, hey, guy, how are you doing? I'm about to start fishing. How's the fishing been tonight? And then that's kind of your key. <laughs> that's, that is I mean, your, your warning to go ahead and take off. Yeah, you got to do you got to use your social <laughs> social cues. I mean, yeah, I've, had, I've, I've had the opposite effect, too, where, you know, I'm just kind of you know, going, checking out light to light. And I don't see some guy standing on his, on his like second story patio, you know, fishing from his, um, yeah. Fishing from his third story window. Yeah. So, so I didn't even see him. And then like, he does like this, like cough to get my attention. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. And I said, I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't see you out there. I was like, how's the fishing? He's like, well, it was good. You know? And I'm like, I was like, I'm sorry, man. I, I was like, I'm sorry, dude. I didn't see you. You know, I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll get moving. You know, I, was, I didn't see you up there, but that's, that's how it is. Like you got, I, I would say to suggest like, look up, you know, because a lot of people fish from their second story, um, porch also, man, like when you start hearing dogs, oh like, yeah. sometimes, sometimes you'll hear dogs down there. And if I hear a dog at the end of the canal, I'm just not going to go down there. And like, he's already riled up. Like he already hears me half the way down the canal. I'm like, I'm not going to go down there and, mm-hmm keep everybody up while i'm fishing because that's that dog is not gonna just be happy with you no at all 
no. So I skip I skip canals with dogs, skip canals where people are fishing, and I'm always just just looking out for residents because I don't I don't want to be that guy. So what about you, Tim? You have that same problem in uh, fishing lakes? Uh, yeah, but not as much. Uh, I think with the the reservoir fishing, the lights and stuff. There's one. There's not it's not as many lights. Um, you don't have as many encounters like that. Uh, but uh, every once in a while, you'll have somebody come out. I mean, that you they'll be fishing. Uh, you just leave them alone, or they'll come out. So we have some people turn off the lights. You know, they'll see you'll see them go over there. You'll turn the little switch off. Yep. And then you know, you know, hey, you know, they just don't want you fishing their lights. Vern, Vern, there's another one of them kayakers on our dock out there. Turn that <laughs> yeah, light off. I'm dead serious. It's funny. You'll see them just come up and turn a light off on you. But um, the the biggest problem we have is etiquette wise, dude, the boats on reservoirs will just run. They'll run right up on you. It's the same light. I mean, they'll move right in on the exact same light. Uh, I don't know if it's just because there's not as many. Um, it's just more competitive when they are out there. But, uh, yeah, we've had multiple times with those that just come rolling into life. Blowing apart on it. Yeah. That's they, that's very true. They probably do that night and day. Yeah. <laughs> night and day. Yeah, They're day just and like night. The, They're rolling up on kayakers all the time, night and day. Hey, day isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it the um, the freshwater dock owners that usually end up on like viral YouTube videos? Yeah, like I own this. <laughs> yeah. Water hoses spraying <laughs> the people down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Young freshwater people be crazy. <laughs> bunch of Karens over there with their daggum dock lights. Yeah, yeah. but no, the freshwater people tend to think that they own the, the lake yeah. too. They own everything. That's all. Yeah. It's all theirs. Well, that yeah. and. A lot of times it's because on the freshwater lakes, the the houses are not as crowded as some of the canal houses and stuff on the coast. I mean, those are pretty you packed in there. You expect to have privacy. Yeah, you expect, you're like, I paid for this spot on the point of the lake and, you know, I've got, you know, some of the places around here, there's still, there's still acreages on the lake, homes with acreage uh, lakefront here and... They, they've they've got some money invested in there, and they want their their privacy. But that doesn't that still doesn't mean that you can be an asshole about it, and you know yeah. let let your dog out of the house so they really start barking and <laughs> acting a fool and throwing rocks in the water and spraying chopper sick balls. Yeah, I mean, what what is it hurting if they're out there catch? Because especially in the freshwater too, like Tim isn't keeping any of those bass. Like he he's throwing those back because those could be tournament fish, you know, in a few weeks down the road. They could be tacos too. Exactly. Now, as as the saltwater guys, it's a little different, especially when you're talking about fishing in like Louisiana and the lights. Like you're they keeping you're eight. keeping everything. They're going. They don't get They're going to get, they're gonna get, get eaten. That. So the 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 first big thing, number one rule etiquette: do not fish someone else's lights. Um, that is out there fishing and you know vincent brought this up he says <laughs> yeah i know y'all mentioned being seen with the fam lights but i've had someone come out and tell me they didn't care if i fished their lights but to turn off my fam light because it's too bright and shines in their house yeah sounds, see i knew testimonial. you i knew you were going to bring up uh, whenever you talked about headlamps earlier yes. so 
the whole premise around this first segment of fishing etiquette at night is don't bother the homeowner, right? Yes. And don't don't appear sketchy and, yeah. and like having a headlight on. I, I get this all the time because I take a bunch of like my family or new friends out. Night fishing is an easy thing to like teach someone because it's it's concentrated and it's kind of neat, right? So you take new people out. So one of the things they do is they just leave their headlamp on all the time and they're just kind of being head on a swivel and they're flashing into people's windows. And I was like, think about you being in that house. And you just see this light going through your window, back you're, and forth from a from a. You're like from somebody's a out there, like you know, looking through my stuff. You yeah. Know? So if you're wearing a headlamp, you're like Joseph Howe's back. Yeah. If, yeah. If, you, if you're wearing a headlamp, be aware. Edit that part. Cut that part out. I'm not editing anything. <laughs> I haven't been editing a lot from the last few episodes. But if if you're wearing a headlamp, be cognizant of the fact that you probably only need to have that headlamp on when you're really looking for something down inside your kayak because you can have it on, completely forget about it, and you're just scanning around, you know, looking from light to light, but you're shining in this person's kitchen, yeah. this person's bedroom, this person's living room, and you're just going back and forth, and you're not doing it on purpose, but you're you're disturbing people in their house, and it's just more likely that they're going to come out and why not, either why not turn their life to, off or... Why not learn how to use your night vision? I mean, after a while, when you're out there, your eyes adjust to what's going on anyway. I mean, I only turn on the headlamp if I'm, like, rigging something or I can't see, you know, see how to get, like... It. In your lap. Yeah. 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 But, um... Yeah. Red lights work, work just as good, too, though. That was and they help my... maintain your, your night vision. That was going to be my next thing that I said. A lot of the headlamps have a red light feature that you can just click on the red lamp if you if you absolutely have to have something on and you're you're afraid of the dark. Um, but another thing that's kind of sketchy, it, it happens with doobies a lot, is like you accidentally cast onto someone's dock or you was, get hung up on their boat or you. That's get now their lure. <laughs> I know, but it's it's really <laughs> sketchy because I'm like, dude, you gotta you gotta just make like soft presentation. You're not hurling this thing, you're, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, because that's super sketchy, man. Once you get once you're messing with people's boats and docks, trying to get your lure out, most of the time you just you just gotta break it off to avoid any confrontation mm -hmm. or anything that looks sketchy. So it's like being mindful that you might of things that might appear sketchy, which is like hanging too close to a to someone's dock you know getting out on someone's dock to make pee pee yeah yeah or, that's or what a homie like, hole's made for yep. right. there you go i mean some people don't know that they'll actually like tie off to a dock i'm like bro don't, don't tie it that ain't we got domain here in the water you know <laughs> yeah. like you don't tie off to that dock you know it's and and if they're hanging too far away too close to it for too long or they're just kind of leaning on someone's dock i'm like hey man you we gotta we gotta move I was at the I, I, um, like I was at the Gotfish Expo and I was talking to somebody at the Gotfish Expo, just random person. I don't even know who it was I was talking to, and we were talking about night fishing, and um, they were getting so like just animated and aggravated talking about it because so many night fishermen have pulled their lights up mm -hmm. because they've gotten hung up on them. If you get hung up on a dock or on a light. 
dude, that lure no longer belongs to you. Cut it off. Yeah. Just get, tie another one on. Don't pull up their light, man. And those lights are those lights aren't cheap. Like those those are not not a cheap light. And you know you start breaking these lights and you start pulling them up and you start moving them around. Uh, they might just say the owner of the house may just say you know we don't even fish those lights anymore. Why do we let's let's not even yeah. replace them. And then that's one or two lights less that you're going to have the opportunity to get out there and, and try to fish. So be be respectful. I mean, if, you know, there's some idiot out there on somebody's uh, leaning on somebody's dock or, you know, they got stuck on there and, and they're climbing out all over the dock and stuff, they could just turn their lights off on Friday and Saturday or you or know, shoot you or Thursday, yeah. <laughs> or or you. give you a warning shot on Sunday because most of us are going night fishing on the weekends, um, yeah. and and these people can just set their timers. They live there. They're just like, oh, okay, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, lights on. Friday, Saturday, lights are off because of those idiot kayakers, you know, that were on the dock last week, yeah. and and that's less of an opportunity for someone who wants to get out there and fish and, you know, wants to have common courtesy to to get out there and enjoy some night fishing. Because all of this, you know, I think some people take it for granted uh, going out night fishing and fishing docks and fishing lights. Like, none of that is ours. Like, we we don't pay the electric bill. We didn't put the lights in the water. Like, that is, that's a courtesy for the people that are owning the house. They kind of just have to deal with us. Yeah, they they, (laughs) they just deal with us. And most of them are are nice people and and good good fishermen. I mean, they they enjoy it. You know, they may like watching people catch fish off of their lights and having fun and stuff out there. So try not to ruin it for the rest of us, please. Please, please. Yeah, I, and then, I mean, please, Vincent said something there. It's it's true because like, you you got to use your inside voice also. It's like when you're you outside, be, you can't just be hollering at your friend. That's like, the, the toughest thing out. for me not to holler at two o'clock in the morning or, or whatever. Oh no 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 no! After after about twelve beers, um, I'll be out there. You don't have to call me, darling. Yeah. Well, the, the last time that me and Chris, we were talking about this the other day, the last time that we actually went night fishing, I don't think that, uh, Chris, you didn't do much fishing, dude. You were uh, posted up at the beginning oh, of we the canal, and you guys were just sitting there drinking. No, we went out. Okay, so you know how earlier you were talking about the big floodlights? Yes. And so part of the etiquette is, you know, don't go fish in the middle of the freaking big floodlight. You know, to hang out on the edge of yep. the floodlight, basically in the dark, um, and don't bother people if they're fishing on their on their docks. Blah blah blah. Well, JG and I, um, we went out to around Tiki. There's this one house that has like four humongous Mondo freaking floodlights out there, and the dude is super cool. He owns a couple Hobie PAs, and he was just like, "Y'all come on over." Y'all can fish right here. So that's what we did. And uh, I'd be damned, man. We all had a bunch of beer, and that's all we did was just sit there and pick off sand trout all night long. Um, Rex was the only person that caught a decent fish that night. 
<laughs> I don't remember it. I don't remember it. Not this is when we. This is when we all like Pat was with us. Joe was with us. Uh, I'd be damn. Micah might have even been out there, but yeah. uh, it was probably our largest Friday Night Light group that we ever had. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a fun. I think the game warden was at the ramp too, checking everybody. That was the first time the game warden had stopped. Me and Jay, I think me and JG went back, and the game warden was there. I think uh, I got stopped that people. night. I, I brought Croker. This is back when we were soaking Croker's too. <laughs> I had. Yes. I think I got spooled by a Croker. Not not spooled got... by Croker. Got <laughs> spooled. So I think it was like a shark by... or a bull red, you know, that just pulled it pulled it all the way out into the back to the bank. I believe you made a video of this trip. Huh? I, I, I think did. you made I a video did. of this trip because it. Me, you, and Pat were, were there all... Beer, there was a beer girl. Yeah, there, that <laughs> there was... was there was uh, Jenny. Jenny Jenny was Jenny bringing was around the cooler to everybody. That's yeah. right. She yeah. she came out there in a Viking that night. Her, she had just got that damn Viking, and all of y'all had Vikings, and I was like, the whole damn Viking crowd is here. Yeah, she's like, you want a beer? She's just like throwing, you know... Throwing beers to everybody, yeah. That was a cool night. It, it was no, it wasn't time. a Viking. She was in a – see, I remember all these people's kikes. She was, was a in Cuda. a Jackson Cuda. It was a Yeah, Cuda. she had just gotten it that day. Yep, it was yeah, That's Cuda. right. Well, let's talk, Anyway. Yeah, let's talk – is there <laughs> Memories. any more, like, etiquette? You know, I, I think we've covered – Don't be a dick. Ones. Don't be an asshole. Don't be a jerk. Be nice. Be kind. Be quiet. Stay in uh, your kayak. Don't tie stay off in your anything. kayak. Yeah, don't assume people want to talk to you. If you're if you're not in a hobie or something either, I would always take a um, I would take an anchor with me whenever I went and fished the lights instead of a stakeout stick, because sometimes yeah. you, you're in too deep of water to use the yeah. stakeout stick at all. So just a little, you know, three pound. Um, you can use a bruise claw. You can use a foldable one. Usually, the the wind isn't that that bad at night. And Chris, why isn't the wind bad at night? Thermal convection. Yeah, there's there's no thermal convection, man. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> also also the wind's not that bad at night. Like some of these neighborhoods, like you know, one side one side of the canal, or one side of the the side canal. Offer you protection, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, it's always like that. So if, if yeah. one side's windy, the other side's protected. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. So let's get into attacking the lights. How? So we got all our safety equipment. We know not to be an ass. Um, we, we we have our smaller lures. Usually, you know, sometimes we're throwing tandem, but we're usually sticking for two inch or maybe even less. Um, size lures that we're throwing in there and and can you catch fish on bigger lures and lights yes but what i think it's a consensus with most guys it's just a softer presentation it, it's a easy it's a smaller presentation you're disturbing the water less you're disturbing the bait balls and everything and you're less not spooking them. you're not you don't you're not potentially spooking them exactly so you you have your smaller lures right there ttf spec killer rig also, trout the, killer, yeah. The trout killer is like the the little. I think it's like two and a half. They got the big ones yep. and the small small glow ones, and then they they also have the um the H and H glass minnow double rigs. Those have those have been pretty yep. solid, also. Um, yeah, but with really with these lights, it's like 
you know, like starting from square one, like someone getting out into the lights. Like when you run over that light, when you paddle over that light, you kill it for like an hour. You know, <laughs> like those fish just scatter. So like even if you're 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 working this light, be mindful of the next light that you're not drifting over into the mm-hmm. next one. Because literally each each light, um, you have opportunity to catch a fish at each light, especially if it's a fresh light. Now, Tim, in the in the in the lights, the freshwater lights, how many fish can you pull off that light before you gotta give it a little chill and just wait uh, and then come back to it? Uh, man, some nights you can kill a lot. It, you know, it's it's kind of like Rex is saying, like, hey, don't don't drift over your light. You know, I first time I really started going night fishing, uh, I was terrible about that. I was trying to paddle and stay off but yeah you i mean you can pop quite a few it, it's just like salt water right like you you kind of know when the light dies um you're not seeing any more fish or activity and then you start slow, slow rolling on the bottom and stuff and if there's nothing there there's nothing there um yeah. but i like it quick too you know yeah, i, I, I try to moving. figure out yeah i was keeping it moving. yeah and i'll you know fresh water there's not as many lights right so at night i'll run back and forth lights and you know sometimes it only takes 15 20 minutes for a light to set back up that was going to be my next question how long did you're you're leaving it alone for 15 20 minutes rex how long before you you go back and hit a light if you if you've caught say two or three trout off i usually do a route and then i'll re i'll rerun it you know um but like I said, man, every single night has a different personality because, like, you know, maybe the tides are different, the conditions are different. So it's usually the first few lights I gauge how the fish might be. So sometimes you'll pull up to a light and you'll see, like, smaller trout kind of cruising around, like like ambushing bait. And so, you know, as you get closer, sometimes they'll hear you from far away. They'll feel you from far away, and then they'll just vanish out the light. So then now you know you got to kind of, like, roll roll up to that light you know uh, a little bit quieter um other nights man like when the reds are are fired up and and swirling on a light if you're just picking them off the edge like the ones in the middle don't even know you're there and they don't even care yeah i I mean i've i've pulled nine reds out of one light just by picking them off off the edge just over and over yeah i'm not i'm not cranking the the lure through the middle of the you know, of the light and then causing that big, like fish breach explosion. And then all the fish scatter. I'm like off to the side, like just picking them off mm-hmm. because I mean, they're, they're when they're like balled up like that. I mean, I imagine it's two or, you know, two times bigger, like, you know, outside of light, they're still just encircling that whole light. And I think that's a good, that's a good thing to talk about is, where where you're trying to present your lure i'm always starting from about five foot outside the light and then i work my way towards you know i'm on the say i'm just looking at the looking at it on my left yeah five foot to the left of the light i'm working my way towards the light and then i stop and then i'm working in front of the light and then i go to the right side of the light and work it and then if i don't catch anything on the outside, then I'll throw to the middle yeah, yeah. because I don't want to throw to the middle and immediately catch a big fish and then have everything spook out of that light. So I'm always working five, ten foot outside the light, 
on the left, five or ten foot in front of the light, and then five or ten foot to the right side of the light, and that's kind of like my light fan casting yeah. approach that I that I hit it, and then I try to slow roll through the light if I don't catch anything on on a, the outskirts. That's the same strategy I I generally use. But again, if you're using like small baits, like tandems, like it's to me, it's not a big deal to like like cruise the edge of that that mm-hmm. light because it's not it's not intrusive. It's not necessarily going to spook them, especially if you see little bait like that darting around. Um, sometimes if you if you pull it through the light, you can kind of get a glimpse of the fish that are down. You can kind of like entice them out so you can see like, oh, they're out there. You know they're out there uh, chasing it. And then then you got to recast and either move it slower or faster to see what's going to actually trigger them to hit. But you get a lot of follows that way, and you can kind of really like assess like the size of the fish in that in that light by just almost like video game fishing in in those moments. 100%. Like you can you can see you can see exactly what the reaction is and whether or not you need to slow down, speed up, uh, drop a little bit lower. Depth is sometimes difficult to determine, especially when you're like looking through that light and you're like, damn, how far down is that fish? Yeah. Yeah, because you're see you're seeing <laughs> yeah. like a four foot shad bait ball spinning around constantly and you can almost get hypnotized yeah. just watching that bait ball spin around. Oh gosh, towards around. the towards the end of the night you're like seeing fish and there's like no fish there. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and, and wow, I honestly you guys were talking earlier about how it's 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 cooler uh, to go like the the temperature is a little bit colder. Um, usually, you know, you can target the fish easier. But for me, I think the biggest allure to night fishing and fishing the lights is just the visual aspect sight fishing. of being able sight to fishing. see the fish. You're sight fishing, but you're not like throwing at one single fish yeah like i mean you can try to throw at that one single fish that you see in the lights lurking but you know you may catch that fish one in ten times that you're out there trying to see that just wait for that one big shadow those are coming trout, through there those big trout those are always heart stopping man like i've seen some big trout like co- yes. go through the light and then I, I get my heart starts pumping i'm not even a trout guy but like when i see those big trout Oh man, there, there's to me like there's a lot of finesse in trying to catch those big, big gator trouts hanging out in the green lights. You can pick up so, dinks all day. Let me let me hit you guys with a completely different tactic here as far as nighttime fishing. Um, we're talking about so far um, fishing in a light, you know, mainly in a green light, um, and uh, obviously the green lights are submerged and. Um, they attract a lot of fish, bait, and predators as well. But what about fishing without those submerged lights? There are different types of um, lights Overhead. providing an atmosphere for predator and prey alike. And there's instances where there's absolutely no lights. Um, I've fished marshes before in complete darkness. And... There are a couple guys that I will go fish. I haven't done it in a long time, but um, there are a couple guys that I will go fish with in complete darkness. And y'all were talking about profile. You know, what type of profile do you bring with you? If I'm going night fishing, I'm bringing a full-size topwater, okay, like a full-size skitterwalk, 
Um, I'm bringing a, a wake bait. I'm bringing a subsurface like a, 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 a wake bull or not a wake bull, a, um, a square bull or maybe a mid one minus or a baby one minus. Um, crankbaits are deadly at night, man, mm-hmm. because they set off that vibration like crazy and yeah. they'll, they'll call fish over to you. You search baits. Yeah. Um, but you've got to you've got to shut your eyes and you've got to sit there in that pitch black darkness and just listen, listen for bait getting hammered somewhere because I guarantee you there's going to be a small school of bait along some shoreline that's just getting busted up, yeah. and it's probably best to fish on a full moon night like this in a in a marsh system, but just throwing a topwater or a crankbait. A shallow diving crankbait in that situation is money, especially for redfish. I don't usually fish for trout all that much. Um, but when I do, those bigger trout are never in the lights. Oh, well, I can't say never because I just agreed with, with Rex that sometimes you see the big daddy Sometimes you just see there. one big one go yeah. through and it'll just like get your nerves up. And, but, and, but you know where I they're usually hanging out? They're hanging out on the outside, the way outside. And I'll give mm. you an instance in a, in a specific area. Vincent's going to trip on this one because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell it like it is. I know the what causeway. you're talking about. Yep. The causeway, a lot of people go directly underneath the causeway and start fishing the lights that shine directly into the water. But if you look above the causeway, you'll see a bunch of street lights, And those street lights project light further out into an area where you can actually see a distinct line Mm. of darkness. And if you can attack that area over and over and over again with a nice large profile topwater, I've gotten spooled out there with some good gear, man, with some good gear because I've gotten hammered on a topwater fishing the outside that out just on the, that line, that very edge of that line. And, uh, a lot of people that I know will do the same thing. Just get out from the light sometimes and go fish the complete darkness or the other, just the other side of the light. Um, and mean, you'll be surprised at what you find. Yeah, basically like the, the lights and shadows act like the edges and structure, you know, so, so fish those. Vincent's mean, saying, there goes the causeway, rest in peace. Dude, everybody's been talking about the causeway for decades, bro. The causeway has been a, a, a night vision spot I for think I made, 15 years. I must have made like 20 videos from the causeway. Yeah. And and the thing is, not everybody knows how to fish it, right? I mean, you have yeah. guys go, that go there and need to be rescued because they have no idea what they're doing. I will tell you right now, do not go to the causeway if you see a tidal coefficient higher than one mile per hour. Don't do it's it. Sketchy. It's sketchy. The, yeah. the causeway can be super sketchy. And you were telling if, me yeah. a story that you wanted to talk about about the causeway. Oh yeah, on man. Here. My buddy just got a brand new kayak. This is when we first started, and we're like, yeah, man, let's just hit the causeway. It's super easy. You know, we we launch, we launch, and the winds just like blew us right into the rocks before we could even get get to the causeway, and we're just sitting there yeah. just getting hammered into rocks, and we just have to like. Just jump onto the rocks and drag our our Casey kayaks up over it. I mean, Casey kayaks are high walled; they're not good wind boats, mm-hmm. like in the wind. But you know, I used to just go out whenever I had a free free time and just like I'm just gonna deal with whatever 
whatever weather. Yeah, the uh, causeway is not a place uh, to just deal with uh, whatever dumped, weather. Dumped, uh, dumped out of their kayaks all the time, and it's it's not a. No. I would rather just, I would, I'd rather recommend someone you know paddling all the way to Tiki. Yeah, the, the canals are, are are a little safer than the the sketchy. No, sometimes yeah. one time I was going uh this is when I was running a, a electric trolling motor, and and I went all the way across, and then my battery runs out, and I'm having to like paddle my my kayak with a like before lithium batteries like full-blown car batteries oh. and uh and my trolling motor so it's like i'm trying to paddle with like a dead person Man, on my I, kayak i think we were there that night i think i was there no, at it the took me a solid three hours to get get back across because like, we were TV wondering TV where the hell rex went yeah and you talked about i think it was me you gerardo and maybe lewis and somebody else were out there that i've night. had very many sketchy uh night moments uh when I got when I got stuck at Tiki, I was like, my car's over across on the other side of the causeway. I thought about just like beaching my kayak and, and then walking, walking across the causeway, and getting my truck and going back. But uh, I, I didn't think that would that would. Be, uh, <laughs> so I just I just I had to go. Uh, I used the the causeway as a wind block. So then I, it took me three hours to get back, but I got back. That's so there tough. there are other causeways. While, while I'm saying this and Vincent's like, oh, man, the causeway's dead. Well, you know, Corpus Christi has a causeway. Um, you know, Florida has many causeways. These are just large bridges that offer, you know, like I was talking about earlier, when that tide is just freaking rushing through and trout and redfish well and blacks and and, and uh sheep's head as well will look for structure to hold on to so they can pop out and, and ambush bait yep. Br bridges provide that for that perfect cover in situations yep. like that they really do yeah those edges like you're saying are, are a big deal like three mile bridge or, or the old three mile bridge in pensacola you know people would fish you know right where the street lamp light there's a line between under the bridge and uh, the shadows, like under the bridge, and then where the street light starts hitting, and then the bull reds are like right there in the shadows. Right there. And people are catching top, catching them with top waters and uh, big baits. Yeah, it's artificial structure, is what that is, you know. Yep. And at night, that's yep. what it's it's providing for them is an artificial structure. Yep. Super cool, man. But you got to bring beer, man. You got to. <laughs> hey, there was one time I was supposed to do this uh, night fishing trip with with uh, with Drew here, and I was like, "What do you drink, man? I'm bringing everybody drinks." Oh, and he's like, that. "Well, I don't I don't drink beer. Um, I drink uh, Crown. Bring me some Crown, dude. I still got them bottles of Crown, man. I never gave them to you. <laughs> I'll take I, them. I, mean, I don't drink them. that stuff. So <laughs> the, the next bro staff meetup, man. Yeah, man. The next bro staff meetup." <laughs> Which reminds me, Chris, are we going to set a date for a barbecue? Oh, okay, guys. Set a date for a barbecue. So all bro staff that's listening right now, there are a couple things that are that are in our head. Um, what we're thinking of, okay, we're thinking about having our bro staff meet up in November, possibly even Veterans Weekend. Veterans um, Day weekend. We're, yeah. we're thinking about doing the meet up in Matagorda again 
out at three so, mile. We would like to see as many people as we can. We had a good turnout last year. Uh, I'd like to I'd like to hear from everybody to see if if November might be a little bit late. If they think November might be a little bit late, although November is kind of good camping weather, um, it's iffy for the fishing. Um, you know, if if maybe September, because October's full. October's packed. Yeah, um, we can't do anything in October. October. We got the cats tournament coming up October second. Yeah, so that knocks that off the board, and we got some more stuff going on then. So one of the other things we were thinking about doing is possibly um, a barbecue cook-off. So in the interim, while we're, while we're waiting for the uh, the bro staff meetup, we could do a bro staff barbecue cook-off. Um, so barbecue cook-off hey, slash swap meet. Holly. Holly, Holly, there was you a lady. are the bro staff. Okay, yeah. you are part of the bro staff. Okay, um, <laughs> some of you ladies like to call yourself the bra staff. That's fine too, but it's <laughs> it, it, it's all the bro staff. Okay, everybody, everybody is welcome to come to the bro staff meetup. I know Jessica was there last year. Um, Tina from the Bait Butler, they came right. out. We would love to have more lady anglers come out and participate. I think we had what about forty, in between forty and forty. Yeah, we had a lot of people on that Saturday, um, just hanging out. It was awesome. Uh, my brother is on here. He said September is duck season and Three Mile is a hot duck hunting spot, so we will not be able to do. Uh, we do not want to be there during duck season. We really don't. <laughs> November still duck season? I don't know. I know we had this. We have this conversation constantly. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll we'll see. But yeah, I did I did think twice about having that barbecue cook off here on my property, and I'm against it now because I don't want a bunch of weirdos with flamethrowers and shit um, out here running amok. <laughs> oh, the only person who's gonna have a flamethrower is Kyle. And he's the only person that's allowed to have a flamethrower and still be there. Uh, Kyle, you're allowed to bring your flamethrower. No one else. Kyle will be the designated flamethrower. We'll find a place for it. I think San Luis Pass is probably a good place. We'll find somewhere to have it. We'll find somewhere to have it. Now, we probably could go on forever about this probably could. We're probably cutting into Tim's fishing time, though. Yeah, we're going to have to do a hey. night fishing part two. Uh, a it's night a fishing moon. remix. It's a full moon right now? Yeah, it's a full moon right now. Man. Yeah. That's not what my my thing says. Yeah. It's still, well, for, I don't know how it is with salt water, but for fresh water, three days before, the night of, and three days after is always good. Always. I, are you finding them more in the lights during a full moon, or are you fishing? Are, are you finding them two or three docks down in the full moon? Uh, a little bit of both. Uh, right now it's not going to be as active. The shad spawn's kind of over down here. Uh, when the shad spawn's going, man, they're they're everywhere. You can run, um, what they call them, the break walls. Uh, and fish those. You can go fish around the marinas. I'll take know, it back. It is a full moon. Hey, there it is. Yeah. There you go. 96%. Are you catching yeah. a, a hybrids right now, too? Uh, I haven't seen many lately, uh, but I haven't fished the south end of Conroe in a little while. I'm in more mid lake. Um, there might be some in the lights down south. But uh, when it gets cold, 
uh, I'll usually see some hybrids sneaking up in the lights too. How and about we fish, fish you can eat? Like, <laughs> yeah, fish you I can, can eat, eat like, all at, fish, at, bro. At, no, yeah. I'm just say it non bass. How about like, what else are you catching out there? Like, uh, non bass or white bass? I mean, that's another bass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but nobody cares about white bass. You can eat as man, many of those things. I, as you I want. got in on oh, the white. Ba- I got in on the white bass run. And it turns out like that's one of my mom's favorite fish, bro. Oh, like man. when I when I showed it to her, she's like, "I buy this at Hong Kong, and this is like four ninety nine a pound." And I'm like, yeah. oh, "We're gonna dude. stock up. We can stock yeah. her can up stock in up. February, February, March, man. We can stock her up." Nobody's and that's saying he's catching white bass right now, so we should go right. There. And it's fun. It's funny that you say that because I want to do a freshwater bro staff meetup up at Stubblefield during the white bass run. Because yeah. there's enough water there, and there's yeah. enough fish that come through there that we could we could have a large that's group of kayakers caught, that's out where there. I caught, you know, I caught those those white bass earlier this year. Yeah, yeah, stuff feels good. You, all over Conroe, but you can get them right now. You just go out to the main lake now instead of the creeks. Yeah, you just get out on the main lake points, and that's where all the hybrids and the white bass hang out during the summer. What about what about the sucker lake? The crappie? Yeah, man. You can get them on brush piles. I don't catch many crappie in the lights. I'll be straight with you. That's just not something I catch a whole lot in the lights. But they make, I mean, y'all y'all probably seen them. They make uh, the drop lights. The drop green lights, you can drop off your yak or your boat. You can go yeah. drop those over a brush pile and probably tear it up. Oh, let's do that. We used to do that at the uh, 1097 bridge. We would drop yeah. the crappie lights and tie up to the bridge. Yeah. And if it wasn't on there, we'd move up to 1375 and drop them over. Yeah. We, we had about six of them on, on my friend's Blue Wave. And yep. he liked to drink the beer, so I would I would drive the boat home. Uh, <laughs> about three in the morning, I'd be the one driving the boat home. Yeah. I think we've got to do some freshwater fishing, Drew. Yeah, so so is there uh, is there any lights any good lights in my neighborhood that you know of? We can we yeah. can launch we can launch from my neighborhood, man. You just, we just, yeah. let's let's do that one night. Let's set this up, Chris. I'm sorry, bro. You're you're a little too far. I mean, you can drive up here <laughs> if you want to see how it feels to make that hour and a half two hour drive at three o'clock in the morning. I'm yes. glad you're allowing me to drive out there. What? I'm sleeping at your place if I'm driving out there tonight. That's very, that's very true. One of, us, one of us needs to have enough money to have a, a house down there that has the green lights where we can turn yes. them off on other people and then, <laughs> we, can, and then we can go out there and fish. That's that's what we need. We need we need the bro staff to help us out a little bit. And, Why do you want uh, one green light? Would you get hey, there's naked the kids running around in your room, All man. He's not. He's not naked. <laughs> All right. Well, it's about time to get off of here. We've been going for an hour and forty-one minutes, guys. We really appreciate you listening. Um, this has been a great kind of spontaneous episode. We didn't really plan this one until what yesterday. Yeah. Whenever I messaged everybody, I was like, "Let's do a night fishing episode." And I saw in the comments some people said they are headed out for some night fishing. Uh, actually this weekend so this was perfect time i think it'd be a great weekend i think it'd be a great weekend to get out and do some night fishing yep yep Yep. and and i have forgot about this chris and i don't mean to ramble on but i've been meaning to mention this through the past like four or five episodes and i always forget i want to throw a shout out 
to whoever is listening from Germany and Australia. Our listenership in Germany and Australia hmm. has really uh, risen over the past two months. So, guys, if you're if you're listening from Germany or Australia, make sure to hit us up on our those Facebook are all, page. Those are all VPNs and masked IPs. I don't think so from Australia, man. I really, I really don't think so. And we've been from... asking those guys to 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 make themselves known for the longest time. And uh, you know, Drew still has a prize pack, like bro staff stickers and everything, waiting for you. It's got dust all over it now, but it's there for the picking. You just yeah. got to tell them you're from Australia and I'll, send them a I'll, picture of yourself naked in front of – isn't that what it was? You wanted a uh, – uh, No, I, I didn't – that was just you. I asked for a naked picture <laughs> from naked, you. Naked with a kangaroo? Yeah, <laughs> for, 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 for the website. Website. Dude, don't yeah. say it. Yeah. <laughs> don't say we that too loud. Holding a koala bear. No, we're gonna get some burly pro pictures of, yeah, of Martin. Martin will do it. Martin, naked, yeah, naked Martin <laughs> with a with a side bro covering his wang on on the bro staff page. But yeah, if you're if you're listening, if you're an international listener, I really want to hear from you. Like I said, Germany and Australia. Now, Chris, I know. That some of them that are coming from like somewhere like there's been a few from Nigeria, there's been a few from Pakistan. Like I I don't know how many listeners we have there. I think that may be where they're they're pinging it off of somewhere else to show. Well, not like Vincent said, at. it might be um, it might be military. That the one in Germany I think is a military base because there is a military base. Um, in the area that uh, the city where it says most of the downloads are coming from. And the one in Australia is from two different cities right on the coast of Australia. So that's why I think that that it's actually people tuning in, not just where it's pinging off of somebody else. But if you guys are listening to the show and you hear us talk about this, please hit us up. Like, I I just want to talk to you guys. You know, in the past year and a half, it's been crazy me and Chris were so excited that we were, you know, downloaded in like three or four states in that first uh, first six months that we had the show going. We were like, they love us in Kansas. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> big in Kansas. And then we found out that's where the iTunes, all the iTunes downloads yeah. come from. But I think now we ha- we're downloaded in 39 states, so we still have 11 states that that we don't have downloads in in the month. And I want to say it's like 31 countries or something like that. So it's it's pretty cool to see how much we've grown. And uh, I just want to thank all the listeners for helping us grow more and more every month. And I really just want to talk to an international listener to be like, how the hell did you find, you know, <laughs> this this hick from Conroe and Fish and Jesus uh, podcast? Like, how, how did you get there? <laughs> How did we get to this point where you're listening to us? So yeah. I really want to talk to, to a guy <laughs> about that. Tim, you got anything you want to you want to leave with? Uh, any sponsors that you work with that you want to thank? Um, anything you know? How can they get in touch with you if they want to go on a guide trip? Um, any tournament trails coming up that you're fishing? You know, just kind of the floor is yours for the next few minutes uh, to talk about whatever you want to talk about, man. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, actually, I want to give a shout out to Finn's Fishing. Uh, a lot of y'all probably know about Finn's Braid. 
uh, man, their braid's awesome. I use them for salt water and fresh water. Uh, that stuff's great. Uh, when I catch a dock, which happens a lot, gets me my lure back instead of having to cut it off. So it's kind of nice. But uh, yeah, we got to, uh, I think, North Texas kayak championship. I'm out. I'll be up at PK on Saturday, just going to show up and fish and throw my hat in the ring. And then uh, a lot of stuff's going to the championships now. We get our, we're rolling in our summer break where we can kind of fun fish and fish the lights and the championship stuff starts kicking up into August, September. So that should be fun. Awesome. So what about any tournament trails? Any other tournament trails you're getting on? Uh, not right now. I mean, there's a Hobie you're, event coming up uh, in Wisconsin. Uh, aren't you Aren't you in the running for Angler Wisconsin. of the Year, like top 10 right now in one of the tournament trails? Yeah, yeah, I'm number eight. I, the championship's like sometime in September. It's Yeah, Southeast Texas, the kayak bass league that Chris runs. Uh, yeah, I got it, man. I got to win that championship. I can't let Michael win that. I, just, I can't do it. That's my friend. I'll never hear the end of it all daggum year. <laughs> yeah, it, he, he may go wire to wire up there uh, as number one, isn't he? I mean, he's cl- I mean, uh, he, I think he's been number one in the in the standings for a while. No, I think he just got it, actually. It was Steven Fisher forever. Yeah. Oh, that's that's right. That's right. That's right. Sucker shows up late to weigh in. We're like, oh, he had a bad day. Nope. (laughs) He had a great day and jumped everybody. Now I got to take him down somehow. There you go. What if somebody wants to get in touch for a guided trip? How do they get a hold of you? Uh, you can shoot me a message on Facebook, uh, Tim Rodman on Facebook or Timothy Rodman on Facebook, or you can uh, look up our Facebook page, D and D guide service, uh, and shoot us a message over there. Uh, I'll take you out anytime. Uh, there's not many lakes I won't take you to around here. Uh, there's a lot of good fishing to be had. So you guys do any night trips for guides? Yeah. Yeah, we definitely do. Especially right now. It's right now. The night trips are where it's at. It's so hot during the day. It's nice to just go fish the lights for, you know, six hours or so at night and smack some fish and not get burned to death. There you go. What about yeah. you, Rex, man? What, what's coming up for you? I know we talked during dinner. You're headed to Ride the Bull. Yeah. Well, but uh, what, what else is going on? Yeah, me and Heath are going to be uh, filming Ride the Bull. Uh, it wasn't on last year, obviously, with all the, the stuff going on. But, Isn't that uh, in September? August, August 28th, I think. August. 27 28 end of august so drew you want to head down there uh yeah let me check my let me check my schedule and i'll let you know i i, I don't think we're gonna find any place to stay we, we may have to take that <laughs> rv if we're gonna go down there yeah. now they're it's probably all booked up i don't know they they're only allowing a certain number of people to fish it aren't they didn't um, they sell tickets or something like that i mean you could register right now okay i i doubt they'll they're gonna limit I don't know if you heard. Did you actually? I don't know if I want to be around that many assholes, to be honest. I have to think about it. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to tell you like this. Ride the bull is just a hangout session, man. It's like you go down there with your group of friends. You guys, you know, are all hanging out, you know, the few days, like for the captain's meeting. You go have a shrimp boil. And it's usually about fishing before. Like a lot of people do marsh fishing before uh the tournament and then the tournament is literally like 500 people like soaking bait in Calmanetta pass elbows and to assholes 
They're not all ass. They're not all assholes. They're not actually none no, of I'm them. I'm just are talking assholes. about being pack, packed up. <laughs> oh, elbows. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. No, I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's just a hangout session, man. So you you go on down there with your with your group of friends. You guys all hang out, do some red fishing, and then you go hang out in Calmonetta Pass, and and hopefully you 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 hit the slot machine and and you get the the bull red and win some great prizes. Um, they feed you the whole time, and then. It's really about the post-trip and pre-trip. Like the reason you're going to Louisiana is for ride the bull, but it's really you make a whole trip out of it with your boys, and it's it's always a blast. So people come in from all over, from Florida, Alabama. Grand Isle is a fantastic place to be, man. It is. So that's what it is, man. Every time I go out to to uh, to ride the bull, I catch up with all my friends from all different states, and uh, it's always a good time. So I grew up in that area, you know, or I, not my whole life, but large portion of my life was spent in Homa. Yeah. And uh, at that time, my dad worked in the oil field. And I told him, I don't know when it was, before COVID, um, I was going to Grand Island. He goes, boy, what the hell are you going to Grand Island there for? There's nothing but booze and hookers. <laughs> I was like, I'm going, I'm going fishing, man. I'm not going for the booze. And I'm not going for the hookers. I'm going fishing, man. How many hookers are in Grand Isle? Like two. There, there's only enough room for two hookers in Grand Isle, right? I have no idea, but here's no the deal. Com- I have no comment. Rex is like, no, no comment. comment. No, no comment. No. Here's the deal. Back in the day, man, um, all these oil field workers would leave out of Grand Isle. And when oil field workers come back, they want to spin their, their roll, right? They want to spin their dough. So they party pretty hard. Um, so that was back in the seventies, eighties. I don't know about now. I don't, I don't think they come in through Grand Isle like that anymore. Yeah. So I think that was the first time we we've had hooker talk on the show. That's a new one for the past. No, because you talked about your whore bath last week. Oh, I did. We did talk about a whore bath. All right. So that's two weeks in a row where we're on it. We got a streak going. We got a streak going. First it was poop. Now it's uh oh it's, it's always poop man now 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 we're talking about hookers and whore bass but Rex do you have anything else going on man <laughs> yeah what a segue no so we got ride the bull end of August um, that's in Louisiana Grand Isle Louisiana and then September twenty fourth um, Heath from Yak Tribe he's putting together a big meetup um, so they rented out like a big sixty bunk compound. Uh, where all the the people you know all kayakers can can meet up for four days of fishing you can fish offshore inshore um freshwater like there's lakes and creeks uh and rivers and stuff that you could fish so basically people will all all go meet up in alabama and every day you'll kind of break out into your own little groups and get into whatever kind of fishing you want to do it's, nice. it's kind of a cool setup cool. because you know literally inshore okay offshore so, something is wrong with vincent Vo, man he he's on it tonight. He I mean, on it tonight. he says the Black Knight is the best, and then he's he's still waiting on Heath's poop video. Bro, yeah. what are you into, man? <laughs> I, I don't know. What kind of stuff is this guy into? You know what? You know what? I think Heath can release that now. Like, it's, it's a funny story. <laughs> let me let, let we can edit us on this poop story, right? Heath Heath might appreciate this. What the poop story? Yeah, oh, he told it on the last episode. He when did. He was on. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Told, We've had the Heath poop and story you, you twice told it, on the Palace yeah. playbook. You told uh, it like the episode number four. 
Yeah, so it man, it's so funny, dude. It, I still make him check his footage before he gives it to me, bro. I, mean, I don't want to see any of that. Any if, of that. If you guys want to hear about Heath's poop story, Heath and Rex's poop story, go to the last episode we did, and then go to. I think the fourth Milk Crate Confessions episode yeah. from season one. Go oh, to that, that was like all about poop. That yeah, that episode. We, we there was a lot of poop talk there. <laughs> a lot of poop talk. Now now we're season this two. Podcast is, is shit. Season two is hooker talk. So season two is <laughs> hooker talk. Poop talk is over with. But Rex, you'll also you'll have the action hat on these trips. Are you yeah, setting yeah. up a booth at Ride the Bull with the yeah, action hat and, and everything? Yeah, so we set up during the captain's meeting, um, which is on the Friday. So we always set up shop there. I'll be selling shirts, um, action hats, um, decals, the, the whole works. And we've got actually, I think I'm getting ready to drop some um, hooded performance shirts. Um, so all of our designs will be on hooded performance shirts um, pretty soon. Oh, perfect, man. I've been waiting for that. And then I got a new... Uh, I had this design that I've been sitting on for a while, which is like an Everlast spoof. And it's a uh, last cast, make them count. So it's nice. going to be a dope shirt. There you go. Do you have, uh, I'm putting you on the spot here, but do you have any new hat designs or anything coming out anytime soon? Um, any new patterns or colors <clears throat> that, that you're thinking about? I've had a lot of requests like for uh, a salt side hat. So we're going to do like an OG, like green under visor flat bill kind of like what tim's tim's wearing tim's right, now. right now yeah but it'll have, have salt side only um so i'm trying to get uh i'm trying to kick off a, a, a whole fish fresh hat line so kicking off the um bringing back the uh the fish fresh logo hat and then starting off with a uh, salt side so that's kind of um the next uh the next apparel drops We'll be, the, we'll be the hats. Tell oh, you I got what. The, new, the new paddle clip, too. That's oh, yeah. Now. People have been asking about that. I re-rigged it up with um, the Yak Attack Roto Grips. And this is this is going to be my, my last and final version of uh, the paddle clips. Yeah, because it's the new the new Roto Grip uh, design, not the not the cogwheel Roto Grip design, right? It's It's the larger... No, this is. I went back to the original Roto Grip. Okay. And the reason being is is they can fit all diameters of. Um, basically, it's it's two. I use two Roto Grips, so you can tilt them to accept like a thinner diameter, like stakeout pole, or you know sometimes paddles have diff. There's pretty much two diameters when it comes to paddles, like a thicker one and, and kind of a thinner one. But just by tilting the, the roto grips, you can get a tighter fit. Mm -hmm. And so it's two points of contact. So when you're sight fishing, you can just drop it in there one-handed and, and make that cast. So Nice. Now, where, where can they find the, the hats, the shirts? the? It's all going to be on livelivegear.com, uh, or you can go to actionhat.com. They're all – both of those um, – those domain names go to the same they website. take it to the same place yeah guys so if if this is your first time listening to the show and you don't know what the action hat is the action hat is a it's a patented floating gopro hat mount yep that you don't have to drill holes in and you don't have yeah. to screw up another hat it's you just... don't have to have an uncomfortable piece of something jamming into your forehead because you got two stainless steel screws that you took out of your 
toolbox and yeah. threw in there to try to put a mount on there. Yeah, I mean, if you're using the head strap uh, to film, or, or I call it the head thong, like, that's the most uncomfortable way to, to film a POV. So the action hat was just a more of a comfortable uh, way to film POV. And if you drop it in the water, it floats. So it's an insurance policy for your GoPro. So it's going to be the most comfortable way to film uh, deficient film. Definitely better than chesty. Uh, I still don't get why people use chesties. Like, like it's I literally can't stand them. This is this is like all you see. It doesn't make any sense. Like, when is it ever okay to just put stuff in front of the camera when you're trying to film? And that's just the nature of using a chesty. And people argue with me all the time. I'm like, I think it's maybe good for you hiking. Like it. Maybe you like it, but I'm not sure people actually enjoy enjoy yeah. these chesty videos. I, don't, I think I it's think it's good for for like hiking videos or um, you know climbing videos. I can see hiking. I yeah, can see hiking. But um, not fishing because you're doing things in front of you. Constantly. Yeah, but but everybody went with the chesty because back in the day GoPros weren't didn't have good image stabilization. And that's that's the honest truth is like when people were shooting with like head straps or POVs, it just made you motion sick because there was no image stabilization. So everybody went to yeah. chesty for that. But now that the stabilization has improved so much, like the head mount is the more viable option where you can actually track fish. You could, you know, look exactly where you're casting uh, instead of just having like the whole frame just filled with reels and and heavy breathing and, and, and <laughs> arms flailing, you know? Well, can I say something right quick, Rex? Um, I need to say something about your apparel line, man. You have changed my life, sir. Word? Oh, yeah. man, he's never because, told me that. Look, 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 man. I used to wear nothing but black and gray. Black and gray, everything was black uh, and gray. I still wear black and gray, but it's... And, and my wife was I'm like... white and gray was like one day i was like hey i'm about to order like a hundred dollars worth of stuff from rex she goes could you please buy something that's not black and gray <laughs> so i ordered like green blue yeah. yellow red all these different colors and now yeah. every day i have a different color tank top to wear of the week so today's red day uh yesterday was green day <laughs> You know, it changes your it, it legit changes your mood when like I grew up man, me and you grew up went to the same high school, we grew up in the same neighborhood, so I always wear I still wear black and gray. Black and gray is like, But yeah. I'm telling you, like wearing some colors every once in a while, it, it puts you in a different <laughs> mood, man. You get a good vibe. <laughs> Alright, final question. Well, two well, one question and one request. The question is, when can we expect a text? Del Rey video. Oh man, I'm working about the paddle. I'm working. Grips. I'm working on it. That's probably the next video I'll be dropping. And if if can can text Del Rey in the show for the Paddlers playbook. Let can, can let let's hear text Del Rey on the Paddlers playbook on the spot. Ending the man. show. This guy on this the guy spot. Text Del Rey's a robot. Like he can just push a button and then text Del Rey appears. It's not like that, man. I've got to be in the, in the right mood. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta feel it. You know, I'm not a robot, Drew. You're a fishing robot, and what's bad is like he won't. Hey, Drew, say it. He, he wants you to touch his buttons, man. Well, no, he won't say it, but I think Tex Del Rey is 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 a Filipino me. Like, I really think that's who Tex Del Rey is modeled <laughs> you know? after. It's modeled after. It's modeled after my country ass. No, 
let's talk about Textile Ray real quick because here's the thing that I discovered is when you grow up in any major major city in the South, you're a little country, you're a little urban. And depending on who you're talking to, like these things just it's a different language. It's an immediate switch. Like if I'm walking on a pier, I was talking to Drew yep. Drew about this earlier. And you know, you're walking down the pier, you're there's people out to your left and right. And as you're walking down, you're like, Y'all catch anything? Y'all do any good? You immediately get country. On. What's biting? Imme- you biting? immediately get country with, as soon as you step foot on a pier. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, it, it's like, it's, especially when you're on a pier. It's being especially. able. Especially, I'm saying, if you grew up in the South and you came from a major city, you have it in you to be able to to code switch like that, to kick into country. <laughs> Kick that twang in any at any moment it can pop. Country survival mode. Yo, and when you're when you're ethnic and you have an ethnic background that's pretty rich in the area, you probably kick that in too, man. Man, watch how many country Asians you're gonna meet in Alvin, Texas, brother. <laughs> they all country. Country Asian capital of the world. I'm saying. Well, Palacious, Palacious too. Man. I'm saying Palacious like is, country Asians country exist, like. I got I got family. I met one the other day. His his name was Fred, and he was he was uh, I want to say he was Cambodian, and he yeah. was his name was Fred. And man, he talked like this. He was like motherfuck shit. Man, it's 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 real, man. I mean, like Texas Ray isn't even a character. It's just me. It's just, it's just, just me. It, it it just pops on when it's time to go. I love I love. Be in Textel Ray because I could say stuff exactly how I want to say it without having to to spice it up. It's just like everything's direct to the point, you know. It's... Yeah, your your gulp story was definitely true. <laughs> gulp, yeah. All right, we're getting we're getting off the rails. We're over it's two hours good. here, guys. We're gonna get off of here. We thank you for joining us. I hope you guys learned a little. Tim, something. it was good to meet you, bro. I hope you guys learned a little bit. Tim, thank you for coming on. If you want to hit up Tim, D&D Guide Service, or just find him on Facebook. Timothy Rodman there. Hit him up for a guided trip. Rex, you can find the action hat, livelive.com. Those will take you to the same place. Check him out there. His videos on YouTube, Rex DeGuzman. Check it out there. If anybody's thinking about doing a night fishing trip, hit me up. I'll take you to one of the Vincent spots. Yeah, Vincent will take everybody <laughs> listening on the night fishing trip. But guys, thank you for joining us. We're going to get out of here. Adios. Right, Peace. See you. Guys. See you.